WhatsApp texts and SMSs coming through on the conversation, still calls still coming through on that. So, uh, yeah, do let me know what you thought of that, what your views are to that. Uh, continue adding that. In this hour, however, we will be in conversation with Lorenzo Miguel. He's an entrepreneur and motivational speaker. And we're going to be talking about changing your thinking from finding employment to creating employment and what the first steps are around that. You know, currently around 17.7 million workers in South Africa, 9.2 million of these are employed or involved in the formal sector, according to Stats SA. South Africa's real unemployment rate position is around 6.75 million or 38%, so to speak, of the labor force. This is 4.4 times higher than the average of 8.6% unemployment rate in 56 countries continually monitored by The Economist. The formal sector only created 193,000 jobs in South Africa in the last 12-month period up to September 2011. Uh, Interestingly, though, is that amongst young people, unemployment is sitting at 55%, meaning one in every two uh, employable people under the age of 35 are without a job sitting at home, young people who resort to various other means of survival, right? And oftentimes that includes crime. Uh, oftentimes that includes uh, desperate moves and you can't blame them. It's it's an incredibly expensive time to be a young person in very difficult cost of living is through the roof and you somehow have to make ends meet. And so, you know, there are fewer and fewer jobs available and there are more and pe- more and more people demanding of jobs, right? And we have to then ask ourselves, how do we move from being people who look for jobs to people who create jobs? And Lorenzo Miguel is obviously here to discuss that with us. If you want to be a part of the conversation, you can obviously call me. It's 0214460567. If you're in Cape Town, 0118830702. If you're in Johannesburg, you can SMS me on 31702 and 31567. The WhatsApp line is 072-702-1702 or simply just tweet me at Oliver underscore speaking. Lorenzo, good evening. Hi, Oliver. How are you? I'm fantastic, brother. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. great. Look, uh, you heard me, uh, uh, you know, recite those numbers there that we're looking at. Uh, it, It doesn't look any more promising going into the future, right? Importantly... Uh, there's a conversation in South Africa around the fourth industrial revolution and, and t- technological disruption. Uh, and, 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 and I listened uh, earlier on, on, on the Graham Brown show, Aubrey had a, a panel discussion on the fourth industrial revolution and the impact it would have, right? Uh, earlier today as well, uh, Bruce Whitfield had a conversation on machine learning and what that will mean for jobs in South Africa uh, and, and the ability of technology to replace human beings. So, Technology is going to replace a lot more of the jobs we have today. And so we're going to have to be innovative and creative about thinking about jobs going into the future, right? How, how, how do we need to think about the future today? Look, um, I, I think there are, there are a couple of things that we can look at, right? As you mentioned, the fourth industrial revolution, it's something that is really taking over uh, job creation, for one, right? Um and and I'll give you a very practical example which I experienced today. Yeah. So today I called Vodacom. Yeah. Right. I called Vodacom because there was an issue with my phone. Um, there were certain messages that I was not getting, so I called them to try and find out do I need to do something with my settings or what's happening. And the operator actually told me we're going to send you an SMS, and then there's going to be 
a robot that is going to call you and walk you through the process. Yeah. And in my mind, I thought, well, a, a year, two years, three years ago, five years ago, maybe even, it was someone that I would speak to, a, yeah. a, a person. And today it's a last robot. Last year, last year even, yes. right? <laughs> so, so, so someone lost their job to this robot. Now, how, how do we do that? How do we create that change? My my question around it is, and 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 I have a big fear around that. And if you look at, for instance, um, uh, operations and businesses that employ large amounts of people, things yeah. such as factories, call centers, for instance, because mm-hmm. call centers are are replaced now by artificial intelligence artificial robots, right? Intelligence, exactly. uh, uh, um, Mines, for instance, mine workers are replaced by mechanization. Mm-hmm. Uh, factory workers are replaced by, uh, you know, machine learning as well, mm-hmm. disruptive mm-hmm. technology. And so everybody becomes sort of an entrepreneur in and of themselves in many different ways, right? And that mm-hmm. is to say, you can be an Uber driver in, in part of the sharing economy, right? Economic yes. structures also change and that makes you an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of people, that leap from saying, I will move from having a job where I'm secure uh-huh, and guaranteed uh-huh. of having a salary at the end of the month to moving into a working environment where if I don't wake up, if I don't work, if I don't hustle, yes. I'm, I'm not getting paid not at getting the end paid. of the month, right? Yes. And so that leap is a very difficult one to to make mentally, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. How do you prepare yourself for that? Well, there, there are two things, Oliver. Look, um, I always tell people there are two ways of being an entrepreneur. One is you being an entrepreneur at, 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 at your own risk and one is you being an entrepreneur within a company yeah. or within a business. So if we look at the the issue that has been currently trending um, about the, 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 the please call me issue mm-hmm, of the mm-hmm, guy who mm-hmm. created the please call me, right? He, he is considered an entrepreneur because he created something that the company did not even think of. And he needs to be compensated for that. Mm-hmm. So what we need to understand is that as individuals, we don't necessarily need to take the risk to say, I'm going to leave my job and I'm going to go and start something of my own. But we, are, we, we can sit and say, look, within the company and the organization that I'm in, what is it that I can do that will put me in a place that I am considered an asset and not a liability for this company? Yeah. So we do, when I speak about job creation, I'm not saying leave your job and go start something. Yeah. But l- l- let's use a, a more recent example. Put yourself in the foot of, in the shoes of, of, a bank teller who worked in a standard bank branch for the last 15 years mm-hmm. and they found out this week, hey, we're shutting down this branch. Yes. Uh, how could they have prepared themselves for, for this moment in the organization? Look, clearly, I mean, you've been there 15 years, for example, you know, and it, it's, that is your whole life experience. Now, the one thing that I can advise people to do is take your experience and see how is it that you can use it to your own benefit yeah. and your own gain. So if I'm a teller at a bank for 15 years and now they're closing down the branch and they're retrenching and now I lose my job, 
I need to sit and think, what have I learned in this 15 years? What is it that I know that I can use to my advantage? Yeah. And that is where you start using your skill for your benefit. When I say job creation, I'm not saying go and employ 100 people, go and employ 50 or go and employ 1,000. But I'm saying do something that can benefit the fellow person. Mm-hmm. So if I'm able to come and say I'm going to start selling sweets, there's, there's a chain within that. Mm. There's someone that manufactures. There's someone that packages. There's someone that goes into retail and, and, and sells it. And here I am at the end of that food chain where I'm going to buy the sweets and I need to sell it. Someone needs to transport it. So you are automatically becoming a job creator. Mm, mm, mm. So You're adding to the value chain. Yes. And, and that is the important thing. We are at a point where our economy has no direction. Mm. We, we don't know. One day the dollar was 11. The next day is 13. Today it's 14.8. And then tomorrow is going to be 15. How does that affect us? Mm. It affects us immensely. Mm. You know, yeah. So it's important that we understand the food chain in business. It's important that we understand how finances rotate. Mm. If I am to trade five friends with you, I know that you're going to use that five friends for something else. Mm. Mm. You know, so d- d- job creation is not just about everyone going out and saying, look, we all need to create jobs. We all need to be entrepreneurs. No, but it's and it's, it's important for us to yeah. understand. Look, if I'm hiring a gardener, I'm creating an employment for someone. Yeah, absolutely. You're probably sitting at home thinking, oh, my company seems unsecure right now. Uh, it doesn't seem like I'm going to have a job here for much longer. Uh, the economy is shaky. Management is quiet about the future of this organization. And you're just going about every day anxiously. Give me a call if you have a question or a comment on this particular conversation. 0214 if you're in Cape Town. 011-883-0702 if you're in Johannesburg. SMS me on 31702 if you're in Johannesburg. 31567 if you're in Cape Town. Let's have this conversation. Uh, and, and and look, this is a perfect opportunity to, to, to ask this question so that we as a community can, can, can educate each other on these particular matters. Now, Lorenzo, put yourself now in, 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 in the shoes of a recent graduate in South Africa. 25 years old, they just got out of university. They have this degree that they uh, grafted for so hard um, and no one's trying to hire them. There's no jobs. Um, Everybody, uh, you know, says, not now. You know, the economy is either under-experienced or over-experienced. Yeah, you know, economy down 3.2% in the last quarter, which means people lost jobs. It means money left the country. Mm -hmm. Um, and now I'm, I'm I'm sitting here in debt and in poverty, but I'm told I need to start a business, but I have no money to start the business. I have no resources to start the business. I, I'm not even sure how I'm going to feed myself tomorrow. Mm-hmm. This sort of messaging falls, you know, falls flat. It, it doesn't resonate with someone like that, right? Because yes. it doesn't speak to their unique situation. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that unique situation. Someone in dire straits of poverty, no resources, educated and trained, can't find a job, but you telling them start a business. What, yeah. What's the first step there? Um, look, uh, a lot of people come and say, 
um, you don't need money to mm, start a business. Mm. And for the many people that have come and told me that at my early ages, you know, of starting a business, mm. I, I used to believe that, that you don't need money to start a business. Yeah. Until I got into the real business world and I came to understand you actually yeah, you do need, need money. money. <laughs> you yeah. do. Yeah. Ideas are free, but, yes. you know, the they, execution they, they, they'll, of it. They'll come and tell you, look, all you need is a brilliant idea. But let me tell you, if you have a brilliant idea, the one thing that you can take on is that idea to someone that will believe in you. Mm, mm. I cannot take my great idea to a standard bank, to an F&B, to an ABSA, to a Capitec or a NetBank and say, look, I've got this brilliant idea. Please give me money and I'm going to start a business. Mm. That process is going to take a lifetime. Yeah. And that is, that is the truth. Yeah. Right? Most people that have started something had to have someone that believed in them mm -hmm. and that said, I'm going to put in so much. Prove to me that you can make this work. So for this graduate that is 25 years old, I was 25 when I started my first business. Mm. And I knocked on doors. And many of those doors were like, uh, yeah, it's actually great, but um, show me numbers. Yeah. What, what did you sell? So my advice is the one thing that I can take from my experience, I remember the day that I quit my job and I have not ever worked for anyone since I was basically 24. Mm. And now I'm 33. That is nine years of my life where I have been able to provide for myself. Yeah. And, 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 and establish a substantial amount of businesses across not just South Africa, but across the continent in itself. Mm. But how did that happen? I had to have someone that came to say, look, Lorenzo, you've got great ideas. You are passionate. I'm going to give you so much so that you can take off. But please prove to me, if you are able to sell an apple, then I'm able to come and say, I'm going to give you the money for you to buy five more apples. Where do we find these people, them? Renzo? Where, where do we find these compassionate South Africans who will put their money in, 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 in an idea behind someone who's young, inexperienced, but has a beautiful... Where do you find them? You knock on doors, but where do you find these doors? Yes, but there's the thing. You, you Compassionate people are not going to just come and, and give you money. Compassionate people are going to come and give you bread. Yeah. <laughs> so so where, where, where do we so find these what, doors? What where where did you do? find the doors you, 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 you locked on? You what 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 in, what I would say upcoming entrepreneurs need to do they need to surround themselves in an environment that is conducive to that which what they want to do yeah so if I want to find a founder for example do you think I'm going to stay home for the whole day do nothing and hope that someone is going to come through no mm, mm. what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the places where I know business people hang around mm. and every time i go there i'm going to have to study the people that 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 also go there i'm going to make conversation i'm going to start getting to know these people mm. once you start building this relationship it's a circle of relationship then yeah you are able to crack it yeah i think we're going to need some case studies here so if you've been trying to start a business 
No access to funding, no access to markets, uh, but just a brilliant idea. Do call, call us in and, and, and we will see how we can sort of get Lorenzo to advise you on practical steps you can take from today going forward to sort of get your business idea on its feet. It's 011-883-0702 if you're in Johannesburg, 021-446-0567 if you're in Cape Town. I, look, I'm going to read the WhatsApp number, but I just want to laugh a little bit about this as well. Uh, the WhatsApp line is 072-702-1702. Uh, but <laughs> I received a WhatsApp here saying, Mr. JJ Tabane, the big problem in Western nuclear is that there's no true community access. This this is a WhatsApp that's clearly meant for JJ Tabane. JJ Tabane yeah. is on Newsroom Africa, guys. Uh, the number was in front of me on the screen here. <laughs> so maybe uh, look 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 for that number over there. But our number, of course, is 072-702-1702 if you'd like to engage on that particular platform. Twitter, it's simply just at Oliver underscore speaking. Uh, let's engage in that particular matter as well. So we hear a lot of news. Lorenzo, that mm -hmm. uh, when you start your business, you're most likely going to fail the first few times around. But yes. don't stop. Just keep going. Just keep yes. going. Just keep going. So now I'm starting with nothing. Someone invests a little bit of money in me and I fail. And I need another set of investments mm -hmm. and I'm probably going to fail. H how do I... How do I deal with the prospects of failure while having nothing at the same time? Look, um, one of the things that actually stayed on my mind whilst coming to the show was to make entrepreneurs understand that they're going to fail. Yeah. That, that's a given. Okay? You're not going to succeed the very first time. Mm -mm. What you're going to do is you're going to learn from your very first time experience. So... When, when you come and you get someone that invests in you and you fail. Now, the question is, how is it that you failed? For example, if you give me a hundred thousand rents today to put into a business, right? Yeah. And what I do is go to the nearest garage and buy a new car. <laughs> Are you going yeah. to give me another 10,000 tomorrow? Yeah, if I not need at it? all. Not at all. Of course not. But if I put that 100,000 and I make it work, right, and you see that this person is really trying to push it and make it work, and the reason he failed was maybe because the industry that he was in or the market that he was targeting was not, not conducive to, 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 to profits, it was not remunerable, then I'm able to come and say, look, you, you've got brains, you've got ideas, you've got everything going. You maybe just put your, your ducks on, on the wrong side. Mm. So let's try it again the next time. Mm, mm. That, that is different. That is failing and learning. Mm. But if you tell me that you went and you put in 100,000 and out of that 100,000, you gained a profit of 100%, which makes it 200,000, and you immediately go and buy a car, then I am able to sit and say, I am not going to put a cent on you because I can already see where your mindset is. Now, a lot of entrepreneurs do that. They want to go for that fast gain where I'm going to put in this the moment I get a profit. I'm going to go into pleasure. Mm, mm. Instant gratification. Exactly. And and that, that does not work. It does not benefit anyone. It does not benefit you. It does not benefit the investor. Yeah. So if, if you go and you fail the first time, what you need to do is take out what you've learned from that first experience to say, look, I in, unfortunately 
went and got into a partnership with the wrong uh, suppliers. Mm. And the suppliers crooked me, so per se. So what do I do? The next time I'm going to sit, I'm going to scrutinize the process with whichever other supplier that I have. Right. That is what experience gives you. Yeah. So the more you gain out of that experience, the mature you become in the business world and the more people are going to be able to trust you. Yeah, no, certainly. 011-883-0702 in Johannesburg, 021-446-0567 if you're in Cape Town. This obviously is Night Talk on 702 in Cape Talk for the curious. We'll be back after this. Call Late Night Talk on 011-883-0702. And of course, it's also 021-446-0567 if you want to call from on the Cape Town line. Uh, this is Night Talk with me, Oliver Dixon, standing in for Aubrey Masango. Fantastic conversation, very important conversation we're having right now about moving from being a job seeker to a job creator and the level and the difference in thinking that needs to happen around that. A friend of mine sends me a text on WhatsApp saying, we need a development bank for supporting black businesses and investing in innovation and generating ideas. We need multidisciplined degrees to teach graduates multiple skills so they can be flexible employees, employers. Uh, let's, let's speak about specifically that second point. Uh-huh. People start businesses not realizing that, hey, sometimes I'll need to be able to, you know, know how to balance the books, read the, you know, uh, do the projection. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll need to know, for instance, uh, essential skills that I may not necessarily have. And that's a contributor to sometimes the failure businesses experience, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes people don't know how to read a contract or even mm-hmm. how to draft a contract, but they don't have you know, the money to go to a lawyer to mm-hmm. do that for them. And mm-hmm. so, you know, they, they sort of rely on generic templates that sometimes aren't fitting for the so, conversation yeah. that happened over there. H- how, and, and without just saying, consult the internet, make use of YouTube and make use of the internet, how, how do we gain the necessary skills? And what do you think are a basic set of skills that anybody who wants to do business in this climate, especially as a startup, needs to think about and need to have in their arsenal? Look, um, I think financial literacy is one of the key important things for anyone that wants to go into business. Yeah. If you do not understand financials, you you literally just burying yourself. Because in order for you to set up a business plan, in order for you to understand your revenue streams, in order for you to understand what your markup is, in order for you to understand what your operational costs are going to be, you need to understand the basics of finance yeah. at first. Now, we, we, we cannot be an all-rounder in the sense of, I, I cannot be a lawyer and, and, a, and a, a CA and, no, I, I can't. Yeah. I, I can only be one thing at the time, right? Yeah. So for me, the important thing is that anyone that wants to go into business, firstly, understand the rules and regulations of, bu- of conducting business. Mm. That mm. is the important thing. You mm. don't need to be a lawyer. You don't need to understand everything that has to do with law, but at least know the basis. Mm. Just mm. know that, look, for me to sign a contract, I need to go through, even if it's 300 pages. How do you know, though, what the basics are that you need to know? 
well the the i think that is where as you said let's let's leave away your youtubes and the internet and everything right now you might not go and have um let's say a professional um or let's say a low degree per se yeah but if you can start going through the the process of understanding what the law and the regulations are for business conduct it already helps you yeah secondly i for example have friends in in different fields i have friends that are attorneys i've got friends that 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 are cas i've got friends that you know major in different things so what i do is i go and seek advice Mm-hmm. When I need to do something, I'll go to them and say, "Look, this is what I'm doing. I'm I'm working on this contract and whatever. Can can you advise me? What do you think about it?" So the more we try and equip ourselves to understand the fields, the more we become um, knowledgeable mm-hmm. to take decisions. Mm-hmm. So if you are a young person starting off a business, you cannot afford to go through all of this studies and everything i think the one important thing for you to do is just understand your finances yeah certainly let's take some case studies give us your uh unique situations that you find yourself in and let's see how we can navigate around it i want the second <coughs> half of this conversation to be based on practical solutions and and lorenza i will come back and and ask you to tell us your story practically what did you do? Who did you call? Who? What exactly did you say to them? Uh, how did you move from your idea to your first product to selling it to, you know? Uh, I want mm-hmm. us to have that conversation in yeah. this particular hour. But Padimo in Pretoria, good evening. Hello. Hi, Padimo. Hey, how's it, my guy? Ah, fantastic. Go right ahead. Yeah, thanks. Hey, my guy, uh, I want to have this uh, brilliant idea you know, of selling clothes, you know. Of uh, Repeat that, selling clothes? Yes, I was selling clothes. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Your line is not to, your line is not too clear. Just move around a little bit so that we can get a better audio from you there. Okay, can you hear me now? That's a little bit uh, better, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I want to sell clothes. Uh, I was working uh, under retail, you know, of selling clothes. Then I dropped out because of the uh, no benefits. You know, the salary was low. We worked for a person who made a lot of money. And then I started that, uh, I started, you know, to, 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 to say I could do this because it's, yeah. you know. So, so what's, 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 the un- what's the problem you're sitting with right now? No, the problem is there was a guy who once invested on my business. And after seeing that the business is succeeding, the guy, you know, decides to take over everything because he was the guy who pumped uh, money so that I could start uh, this business thing. So actually, this funding thing, my guy, it's really hard for us. Oh, so you you had a funding situation that went wrong. The guy invested money into your business, but later when the business started succeeding, took over your business. Is, Is Am I reading that correct? Yeah, you are reading that correct, Mother. Yeah, that that seems like a a, a common a common day problem, Lorenzo. Yeah. Uh, to, to talk to talk to Padimo about that. Um, look, uh, Padimo. Yeah, yes, ma'am. I think the first thing that you need to do, whenever you find yourself 
with an idea that you find to be viable and profitable. You need to okay. come into an agreement between you and the investor where you say, I will, let's say, I will retain 45% of the business and you, yes. you will own 55% of the business and you will invest, let's say, 100000 and within the yes. next three years, I'm going to be able to pay you back the 100000 with whatever profit margins that we agree on. And once okay. that is done, then he buys shares in the company if he's interested. Because this is what happens when people don't know exactly how this business cycle works. Where people come and say, I'll give you so much, and you sign over the company to, let's say, to me as an investor. Yes. And maybe you might have not even signed over the company. But what he did is he just took your idea and he went along with it because he knew that he had the funds to sustain that business. So you need, you need to be able to protect your idea because in, 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 it, you need to understand that every idea is an intellectual property. Okay. Mm. So you cannot you, you cannot allow him to come and now just take over the business. But then you also ask yourself, how do I compete with him when I don't have the finances that are able to match what he has? Mm. You did not protect yourself from the beginning. Okay, okay I hear you, my guy. So uh, what should I do? Should I do like contracts? Go to the police station, do everything? No, don't, you don't have to go to the police station. What you need to do is firstly negotiate with your suppliers. Actually, you are selling clothes. Yes. So you buy that those clothes from someone else, isn't it? Yes, I do so. Okay. Now, what you need to do is, right now, there's not much that you can do regarding this current person. But what you can do is go to your suppliers, negotiate on an exclusive supply. That's what you need to do. So you either become an exclusive distributor for them or you become an exclusive regional distributor, right? Where okay, whatever yeah. it is that you buy from them, only you are allowed to sell it. If that doesn't work, then you need to go back to the person that you got into the business with and say, look, I am going to be able to sell so much and refund you whatever you have invested in with your interest, and then I carry on with my business. Well, okay, thanks, my guy. I'll just take the tips from Daria. I'll listen. Thank you so much for your call, Padimo in Pretoria, uh, and, and for bringing that case study forward. Interesting case study there. I think a lot of entrepreneurs get excited when someone says, hey, I'll give you a bit of money, and they forget about contracts and uh, you know, making clear what uh, their obligations towards mm -hmm. each other are and that sort of thing. But let's talk about your story. Uh, your first idea, how did that turn into an actual business? Who did you speak to? Who did you call? How did you know that's the person you need to speak to? Or that's the person you need to call? What did they do for you? What did you do for them? How did, you know, when did you start making your first rand and how did that turn into you being where you are now? Um, look, I was, I was 24 years old. And at that time, I knew that I wanted to be 
more than more than what I was at yeah. that at that point. I was earning a salary. It was a very decent salary and everything, but I knew that I needed to go beyond. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I thought to myself, look, I'm given, I'm, I'm, I was literally between the wall uh, with the company that I was working with, right? And I, I met at that, at that time, I met a friend of mine that told me, look, I can introduce you to someone that, that does crowdfunding and investments. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's, that's a great idea, you know? So let me go and meet this guy. And I go and meet this guy and, you know, I, I tell him what my idea was. And it was a very simple idea. It was just an idea to sell cleaning chemicals. That was it. Cleaning chemicals? Yeah. Okay. Nothing more, nothing less, just cleaning chemicals. I mean, imagine how many people have tiles, granites, marbles, yeah. and all of that. So yeah. I thought this is a great opportunity because a lot of people don't know how to maintain that. So let me be one of those people that will supply these chemicals. And um, at that time, when, um, when, when, when I met uh, Dr. Teddy, his name is Dr. Teddy Diameda, yeah. and he's also my, my dad-in-law, so per se. But at that time, he was <laughs> not my dad-in-law. Ah, okay. okay. So you didn't leverage the relationship that, at the time. <laughs> at, that time. at that time, he was not my dad-in-law. He was just a business person that, yeah. that, that I knew. And when I went to him with the ideas of selling chemicals, um, I remember very well his PA telling me he's out of the country and he's not going to be able to meet with you, but you can meet with his other partner, which ha also happens to be like a family relative. And I, I speak to him and, you know, I pitch the idea to him and everything. And he says, okay, when Dr. Teddy's back, then I'll call you and let you know when you can come from the meeting. Sure. And this is one important thing that I wanted to point out. I have a friend of mine who is in the property business. So the next meeting, I go there pitching the idea of us building sort of like a condominium, uh, a, a block of flats. Yeah. You know? And I sit there and I pitch this whole brilliant idea. Look, we can build like 22 blocks and, you know, we can make so much money out of this and everything. And funny enough, this guy looks at me and he says, I'm not interested in that idea. And I think, Shabbat, okay, mm. you're not interested in this idea. That means what? You know, I've, I've lost this opportunity. And he says, I've heard about your cleaning business. And I think, what? And he says, yes. And I'm, I'm, I'm now asking myself, what do you mean the cleaning business? I mean, it was such a small thing because I used, I think, about $500. I bought some chemicals. I went to clean up, you know, houses and stuff like that, and I got paid for it. And someone actually uttered the word to him to say, look, I, I think you're, this guy has something going on here. And he says, I'm not interested in building these condominiums. I'm interested in investing in the cleaning business because that's where the real money is. Yeah. Now, this is where the difference is. The cleaning business was going to make me a profit of about $50 per square meter. Where else the building business was going to give us a profit of close to $5 million. And I'm thinking, why would someone choose $50 out of like $5 million? Mm. And he says, because the more you invoice, 
the more money you make. This business, when it comes to building, it's going to be a once-off. Yeah, that five hundred dollars seed capital was it money you had saved up? Where did you was it? Is it your own money? I, or did I had you... resigned. Oh, so it's it's I money resigned. from your job. Yes, and I got paid, and then I told myself I'm going to take all of this money and I'm going to just buy stock. Who who was the first person you had convinced to allow you to clean for them with these chemicals? How much did you charge them? So the first contract that I had um, was from a guy that had an apartment whose tiles were like completely damaged. Yeah. So um, I remember, I think he paid me about $1,600 somewhere there. And I cleaned up his apartment. After cleaning up his apartment, I then got introduced to a guy who owned a whole um, uh, complex. Yeah. And he gave me a a deal worth $60,000. That was my first yeah. biggest contract. And I didn't have anything. I didn't have stock. I didn't have machines. I had nothing. Mm. The only thing that I did is prove to him that I can actually do this job. And so he said, you, you went and cleaned his house for free as a, as a, as a demonstration? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I spend, I remember I spent a whole night cleaning those tiles. I borrowed machines. I, I, I went to get chemicals. I borrowed someone's car. And then I went there and I started cleaning it. And in the morning when he went and he saw it and it was shining. And he was like, look, you, you can do the whole complex. I'm going to give you a deposit of $30,000. And you can start next week. And then we can talk further. And, and that's how I started. After I, I start, after I got the deal, I went to the investor and told him, I just got a deal for $60,000. If you can invest another $100,000, you will see that you'll make profit out of it. And they did. Fantastic. I, I, I like stories because they, they, they point to the practical things, the practical nature that happened uh, uh, um, in, 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 in your journey, right? Yeah. And, and uh, that sort of thing. So now I'm going to ask you the first big failure, bad decision you made and you were like, oh no, here I've lost the plot or that really put your business at risk in, 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 in that cleaning business journey. Talk yeah. to me about that. I think um, one of the the biggest failure was at some point I started seeing the business dying or facing out. And I continuously kept on putting money in it. What did you did not have clients anymore? What what was the, the problem? Um, it's not that I didn't have clients anymore. It's it's that the the economy was going under a recession, so the buying power had dropped a lot. Okay. So that means I I, I still had the products. There's still a market for it, and that's another thing that I actually wanted to bring up is to say, entrepreneurs need to understand when there is a market. And when there is a gap in the market, mm. there is a market. It's existent. But if there are no opportunities within that market, your business is going to fail out. It's going to die. Mm. And and, and at, at some point, there was me where I was like, no, I can make this work. I can make this work. I can make this work. But the thing is, for someone that used to buy 10 liters in, in, in a span of three days, who was now buying basically two liters what what was the reason 
because because the the, the market the economy was under recession at that point yeah but clients were affected because their buying power had decreased mm. so if they were spending ten dollars in a day now they could only spend two dollars or three dollars yeah. you, you you speak in dollar terms and, and and i'm assuming that's because uh you're speaking here about a cross-border markets yeah because i deal with international markets so i i think i i usually refer to dollars because yeah. I, i deal with countries like angola um i deal with the congo i deal with namibia yeah, yeah. so i think the dollar term is is so 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 you kept it a dying horse uh, uh invested money into a thing that wasn't returning the money at, mm-hmm. at the same rate at what point did you decide to cut your losses and 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 move on to something else that's that's another great experience that i had because when i started seeing that i was actually starting to lose money out of this i innovated the business what did you do so i went from having a chemicals company to then creating a coatings and paintings company because i know that most people that use my products are homeowners Mm. It means that they are going to need paint at some point. They are going to need to coat their walls at some point. So I went to a coatings manufacturer and I signed out an exclusive agreement to supply for Africa. Yeah. And then I started bringing in those products as complementary products to what I already had. Mm. Now, the the thing is when it comes to the cleaning When you buy those chemicals, you'll you'll clean your marble tiles today. The only time you'll need it again is in the next nine months. Mm-hmm. So it's not a recurring invoicing. Mm. I need to find new clients all the time. Because my current clients, I know they are only going to come back in the next nine months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I created a complementary product that went and said, if you are not buying the chemicals, then you will buy the paints. Yeah. <laughs> If you are not buying the paints, you'll buy the coating. And so you upsell them on these things. Exactly. Yeah. And that is how I turned around my whole business. Mm. Mm. Let's 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 get a fantastic story by the way. I think I think a lot of people would have learned a lot uh, uh from that particular story. But let's get back to where we had started. Yeah. At some point And, and and it's about changing your mindset from being a job seeker to a job creator. To a job creator yeah. What was the mindset change for you? Uh and 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 what sparked it and how should people think about it and overcome that fear and the challenge of hey, I'm going to start selling amakwenya mm. uh, at, at a big building every morning but you know in summer people don't really buy amakwenya and and so I won't have business but amakwenya is the only thing I'm good at. And so there's a fear of 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 leaping, right? Mm-hmm, and and mm-hmm. and the mindset hasn't really shifted. Talk to me about that pivoting moment where your mind changed. Look, um it's it's a story and I, I'm sure that anyone that goes online if if they just google Lorenzo Miguel, they'll find my whole story on, on yeah. Google. Um because it's an article that was written, so I'm not really shy about it. Yeah. Um I used to work for MultiChoice as a sales executive. Yeah. And um uh, funny enough, uh, I I went through a process where I had lost my mom, you know, my 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 son was born and 
I, I had this emotional trauma of everything that was just going on around me. So when I got back to the office one day, um, I remember my senior manager coming to me and saying, look, I think you are emotionally unstable. Mm. And I thought, okay, emotionally unstable, why would you think that? He says, no, because there's just a lot going on in your life. And I said, oh, okay, I understand that, but I'm, I'm, good. I'm good to get back to work, you know? So then they came with a proposal to move me to a different province. <coughs> Sorry. To move me to a different province um, because they felt that I needed that break. And I rejected the offer. And because I rejected the offer, they immediately came and said, we'll have to let you go. Yeah. And I thought, okay, fine. It's either I take this or you let me go. That's literally what you're giving to me right now. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm caught in between this, this wall where I either move to a place that I don't want to go or you're going to let me go. And I said, okay, fine. I'm going to resign. And that moment was the moment when I thought, how is it that I'm allowing someone else to sort of govern my life? And and, and, and and determine where I need to be, what I need to yeah. be doing, how I need to be doing so it. So it was a matter of freedom for you? Yes. For, at first, it was. I, I, in all honesty, it was. I, I told myself, I have brains enough to do this on my own. And I remember days at school, whenever I was asked, what do you want to be? I always said, I want to be a successful person. Yeah. Regardless of what I do, I just want to be successful at it. Yeah. So at that point in time, my mind had gone back to the past to say, I actually want to be a successful business person. Yeah. And that is, that is the change. That is where my mind really just went back and said, you can do this. Yeah. And that's how I started. I, I resigned and I got paid. I took that money and I just went and bought stock and I told myself, I'm starting this journey. Inspirational story, man. For anyone who wants to continue the conversation with you, put out your Twitter handle. Where can people reach you? Facebook. What's your means of communication? Um, on Facebook, it's Lorenzo Miguel. It's um, uh, L-O-U-R-E-N-C-O. Uh, Miguel, M-I-G-U-E-L. On Twitter, it's also Lorenzo Miguel. Or D. Lorenzo Miguel, yeah. brother. On Instagram, is the same name. Um, for those who want to, to get hold of me, they can get me on info at lorenzomiguel.com or lorenzomiguel at lorenzomiguel.com. And yeah. yeah, thank you for coming yeah. through. If you missed that, I'll be tweeting it out right now. We'll be back right after this.